Appreciate you helping last night, but we're going to do it again tonight. Let's give him a good Ben Dale welcome to this pulpit here tonight. God bless him. Amen. Anybody glad to be in the house of the Lord tonight? Amen. I wonder, would you clap your hands unto the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? I wonder, would somebody lift, lift up your voice? Come on, we serve a good God tonight. I said we serve a good God tonight. Hallelujah. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. What a wonderful God we serve. Come on, would somebody tell him how thankful you are for his goodness, for his kindness. Hallelujah, that his mercy endureth to all generations. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. I don't know about you, but there's no place I'd rather be than to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. On this Tuesday night to give him praise, to give him glory, to give him honor. And I believe with all my heart that somebody can leave here tonight different than the way they came. Amen. I said, I believe with all my heart that somebody can leave here tonight different than the way that they have come. Amen. This is a place, amen, where you can come feeling down, feeling discouraged, amen, but you can leave knowing that God has heard me, God has touched me, God has moved in my life. You know, a lot of times we, uh, we might go to the, uh, the hospital or different things like that, and we leave feeling just as bad as we did when we went, amen, but when we come into the house of the Lord, we can leave knowing that God has moved, that God has worked, that God has operated in, in our lives, amen, with some of that good old Holy Ghost anesthesia, Amen. He knows how to numb the pain. He knows how to take it and, and be able to work on us in the ways that only he can. You know, because I, I believe I've said it before, but you know, I feel like saying it again. There's some things that if we try to handle on our own, we'll just make a bigger mess out of it. But when we turn it over to Jesus and let him take care of it, amen, he knows how to do it without all that mess and without all the stress and drama that sometimes we cause by trying to handle things of our own ability. I come to let you know tonight that we serve a God that far outweighs, far goes beyond our own abilities, our own talents. Amen. He's able to do it here in this house tonight. Amen. Anybody believe that with me tonight? Second Chronicles chapter 7, beginning with verse number 12. Amen. And the Lord began to deal with me on this last night as we were closing service. Amen. I, I asked Brother Ford for a pen. Amen. So I could write it down before, I, before it slipped my mind. Amen. But I do feel like the Lord wants to speak to us here in this house tonight. Anybody else know that God wants to talk to us in this place? Hallelujah. Give honor to Pastor Moore, Sister Moore, I mean, this wonderful church family. Amen. Just so thankful. God has been good and He just keeps on getting better. I said, He just keeps on getting better. And I like to say sometimes it just keeps getting gooder and gooder. Amen. But y'all might think I'm from Bendale if I talk like that. Hallelujah. <laughs> well, that's what Brother Ford said anyways. Y'all kidnapped me and everything else. Amen. Give honor to my pastor, Brother Spears. Amen. Teaching the word of truth to me and my family. Amen. Second Chronicles chapter 7 beginning with verse number 12. It says, And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said unto him, I have heard thy prayer and have chosen this place, talking about the temple, uh, the tabernacle that had been built by Solomon. 
I've chosen this place to myself for a house of sacrifice. If I shut up the heaven that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Now mine eyes shall be open and mine ears attend unto the prayer that is made in this place. For now have I chosen and sanctified this house that my name may be there forever and mine eyes and my heart shall be there perpetually. The Lord let Solomon know, I want you to understand that I've heard your prayer and I've chosen this place to dwell. I've chosen this for myself. Amen. And if it doesn't matter what's happening, doesn't matter what's going on, if my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sin and heal their land. Would you lay your Bibles down? Let's lift our hands together one more time all across this house. Lord Jesus, God, I come before you right now. God, I pray that you'd empty me of my own ideas, my own opinions. And God, I pray that you'd fill me with your holy anointing. God, I admit my dependence upon you, God. I pray that you'd use me as an instrument, as a tool in the palm of your hand, God. Uh, Lord, you knew who was going to be here, God, as you dealt with me today, God. Lord, and I pray, God, that you would let your word find its mark tonight, God. Uh, Lord, I pray, God, that you would bind up the brokenhearted and set every captive soul free, God. Anoint every ear to hear your word today, God. Let it bring life. Let it bring hope and let it bring liberty uh, in the house of the Lord tonight. There is nothing too hard for you. Uh, nothing that you cannot accomplish in this house tonight God. Uh, Lord you know every heart you know every mind. You know every situation God. Uh, Lord I pray that you move and work in the remainder of the service tonight God. Uh, let your glory fill this house God. Uh, let your anointing destroy every yoke of bondage. Uh, let your anointing break the chains and loose the shackles and the fetters Lord. Uh, right now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ we pray God and if any good thing would happen in this house tonight, Lord, let it be said that it was because of your anointing. Let's clap our hands one more time. I wonder what somebody shout unto God with a voice of thanksgiving, with a voice of triumph. God, you're able. God, you're wonderful. God, you're mighty. God, I thank you for what you're doing in this place, God. You're able, Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody ought to shout out the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody ought to call on that name that is great and greatly to be praised. Well, thank you, Lord, what a mighty God we serve. You're able in this house. Somebody say in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I want to preach to you tonight for just a little while. Amen. About what God has laid on my heart. Amen. Stirred me last night and all throughout today. Amen. I want to talk to you about situations turn us toward a sure place. Amen. Situations turn us toward a sure place. Amen. These words uh, that God spoke were not just random words 
uh, to feel time and to feel space. But as the Lord appeared and began to shake and to stir Solomon in the in the middle of the night, he began to wake him out of his sleep and out of his slumber. And he said, I want you to know, Solomon, that I have heard your prayer. The words that we just read that, uh, that the Lord spoke to Solomon was a response. It was an answer to the prayers uh, that Solomon had prayed. Uh, Solomon wanted a house that God uh, would work and God would move in. Solomon wanted a house to where that uh, it did not matter where the people ended up. It did not matter if they got wrapped up in sin uh, and found themselves in a strange land. Solomon prayed and said, God, I want this to be a house where your people can turn uh, in this direction. Just turn toward this place. Uh, and when they begin to call on your name that you would hear them uh, and that you would move for them and that you would have your way uh, in their lives. Solomon said, God, uh, I want this to be a place where your glory would dwell. Uh, I want this to be a place where your presence would reside. Uh, and in 2 Chronicles 6 and 18, uh, uh, Solomon acknowledged and he said, but will God in very deed dwell with men on the earth? Uh, behold, heaven and the heaven of heavens uh, cannot contain thee. How much less this house uh, which I have built. Uh, and here tonight in the house of the Lord, we understand that God is too great uh, to be contained within the walls of this building. Uh, we understand uh, that God is too great and too mighty to be held here. Uh, but can I let you know tonight, we still desire uh, that his anointing and his power would fill this house. Uh, we still desire that when we come uh, into this place and begin to call on his name, uh, that he would meet us here and he would move uh, and work in our lives. Uh, we cannot trap him in a box. Uh, we cannot contain him in a corner somewhere. Uh, but we serve a God that the heavens uh, and the heavens of heavens uh, cannot contain. Uh, can I tell you the heavens uh, are as thrown and the earth uh, is his footstool. Uh, what kind of house would you build uh, for a God like that? Uh, he's mighty. Uh, he's awesome. Uh, and he's able to do uh, whatever he speaks. Uh, he's able to keep his covenant. Uh, and he's able to keep his word. Uh, there's not a force in hell uh, that can reckon with him. Uh, there's not a demon in hell uh, that can silence uh, and stop the power uh, of God Almighty. There's something special about a place that has been dedicated to the worship of God Almighty. A place that's been dedicated to prayer and praise. And Solomon understood this house, this place, is going to be a place and a house of prayer. This world is full of all kinds of things. And I believe it was uh, Brother Booker that I've heard say several different times. Uh, all out in the world, uh, there's people that are taking God's name in vain all day long, cursing uh, and making a fool of themselves uh, and just doing any old thing. Uh, but can I tell you, we have set aside a time uh, to come into the house of the Lord. Uh, and here in the house of the Lord, I believe that God uh, is just sitting on the edge of his seat, uh, waiting on something to give him praise and to give him glory. He's heard his name used in vain all day long, but he gets excited when it comes church time because he knows somebody is going to strike up the keys and somebody's going to put a beat on the drum and they're going to begin to sing under the anointing of the Holy Ghost about what a great and mighty and glorious God that we serve. I come to let the devil know 
You can curse all you want. You can do all you want. But as for me, I'm going to worship and praise the God that brought me out. The God that delivered me. The God that set me free. He deserves nothing less than my greatest praise. He deserves nothing less than my greatest hallelujah. Something special about a place where we praise the name of the Lord. We keep the junk and the filth and the perversion out because we want this to be a place where God can meet with us. Oh, we respect and we honor and we fear in the house of the Lord. Not a fear where we're just shaking and trembling, but a fear where we respect God and we respect his word and we respect his presence. And we don't want to do anything that would offend the presence of the Lord. We don't want to do anything that would cause the Lord to say, I can't dwell among them for they are a people of unclean hands. But we want to make sure that this house is a place to where when the sinner wakes up in the middle of their pig pen they can begin to think about that little church on the side of the road and they can begin to say hey I remember they love to sing the praises of God Almighty they love to preach about deliverance from sin they love to preach about separation they love to preach about hey you can come out from among the world and be part of God's kingdom you can be a peculiar people and Holy nation, I come to let you know we're going to preach about coming out of darkness into his marvelous light. For there was a light that shined in my darkness, and my darkness could not swallow it up. But that darkness had to flee by the power of Jesus. Hallelujah. The house, Solomon prayed and said, Lord, I want this to be a special place. I don't want this to be like all the other temples that have been erected. But I want this to be a place where the presence of God can dwell. I want this to be a house where the impossible happens. I want this to be a place where God can meet with his people and God can commune with his people. There's a lot of buildings that call themselves the house of God or a church or whatever. Oh, but there's not very many places that have dedicated themselves to truth. There's not very many people that have dedicated themselves and said, hey, we don't want the words of men, but we want the words of God. We don't want the words of our own opinions, but we want thus saith the Lord. We want what scripture has to say. Why? Because that's what we're going to be tried by. That's what we're going to know. Hey, if I've lived according to his word, I can be saved. If I've been washed, if I've been baptized in the mighty name of Jesus for the remission of my sins and filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I can be saved. I can be delivered from the wrath to come. I can be delivered from an eternity in hell. Hallelujah. The house of the Lord should be a place where we are able to run in times of trouble. We don't have to feel ashamed to turn to God in our trouble because that's what God desires for us to do. How many times do we find ourselves in trouble? And we try to take it in our own hands and say, well, I can, if I do this, I can work this situation out. 
Or if I do it this way, I can. I think we can make it happen this way. When all the while God is longing for us to just lay everything else aside and say, I can't do it on my own, but I'm going to take it to an altar of prayer somewhere because God said my house shall be called a house of prayer. And he's looking on this place and he's saying, hey, I want to hear one of my saints lift up their voice. I want to hear one of my children lift up their voice and call on my name. For when they call on my name, I will hear them and I will answer. Come on, you don't have to tuck your head. You don't have to hang your head in shame. When you find trouble in your life, just run into the house of God. Just run into his presence and say, I'm laying it all out, God. I'm spreading it out before you. I need a savior. I need deliverance in my life. If the sinner could somehow grab a hold of the revelation that this is not a house of judgment, but it's a house of new beginning. This is not a place to drag up all your dirt, but it's a place to get it covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. It's a place where we can run to when the winds of life are blowing, when the winds of life are raging, and we can lay it all out before the Lord and say, God, I need you to cover me. God, I need you to wash me. God, I need you to keep me during this time of trouble in my life. Proverbs 18 and 10 says the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. I want to tell you we have a strong God. We have a God that has hands to war. Oh I love it when God was bringing them out of Egypt and when God drowned Pharaoh's army in the Red Sea. Oh they, Moses began, had a song and they began to sing. Hey the Lord he is a mighty man of war. Can I tell you we serve a God he's not just sitting on a throne somewhere just waiting for somebody else to deliver you. Waiting for you to deliver yourself. But he's waiting for you to call him. He's waiting for you to lift up your voice and say I'm facing a sea. I can't cross on my own. I've got Pharaoh behind me and I can't take him on by myself. But God is a man of war. God is able to bring vengeance upon those that persecute those that are called by his name. God is able to bring a separation that would give you deliverance in your mind and in your spirit. And I tell you, our situations, they ought not to push us from God, but they ought to turn us toward that sure place. In Psalms 46 and 1, it says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Can I tell you that God is not absent in the middle of your trouble. God is not on vacation while you're in the middle of your storm. God's not taking a break somewhere when you feel like you're overwhelmed by life when he's waiting for you to cry out and say God I need you like I've never needed you before. Trouble should encourage you to lift up your voice and say hey God I need your spirit to move in my mind. I need you to move in my life. I've sat down with my calculator and I can't figure it up right. But God, you are awesome and you are able. You know how to add. You know how to subtract. You know how to multiply. You know how to divide. You know the end from the very beginning. And there's nothing that can stop God 
from making a way. There's nothing that can stop God from standing it up on one side and on the other and saying, here is your deliverance. Here is your breakthrough. We can get so, you can be seated, we can get so consumed by life that our focus needs to be realigned to its proper place. We can get our eyes so far on the waves that we take them off Jesus and we feel like Peter, now we're sinking. I felt like I was on top of things, but now I feel like things are about to be on top of me and I'm feeling overwhelmed. Why? Because the waves and all that, the noise that it makes, it has a way of drawing our attention from our main goal and from our main focus and putting it on what is troubling us and what is coming against us and on what is attacking us. Can I tell you, it was God's will for each and every one of those disciples to bail out of that boat if that is what they so desired. But there was only one that had enough faith is that God... I want to walk out there on the water with you. I want to come out there to where you are. Can I tell you, it's God's will for you to rise up in faith and say, God, I'm just going to believe no matter what the water's doing, you're still God. No matter what the waves are doing, you're still God. No matter if the boat's shaking, you're still God. We're still on the good old ship of Zion and we're still going to make it home. But I might, I might just jump out and enjoy the waters for a little while and go places nobody He's ever gone. Why? Because God said, hey, I'm out here in the deep. Won't you launch out? Won't you come where I am and walk a little farther with me? Hallelujah. Solomon. He said, you know, man, this, I want this to be a special place. I want this to be a place that's not polluted. A place where when I find myself in trouble, I know I got a place where God's watching and God's looking. And even if I can't even, even if I can't get there, I know I can stretch my hands toward God and stretch, lift up my voice toward Him and He'll hear me out of His holy mountain. He'll hear me out of His holy hill. I come to tell you, we got a God. All that our situations, although they try to divide, they try to conquer, they try to weigh us down, but if we'll let them, they'll turn us our hearts toward the one that's able to save us. If we'll let them, they'll turn our hearts toward a sure place. Come on, can I tell you, God's house has stood the test of time, day after after day, year after year, decade after decade, come on where the, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, and there is nothing that can change that, there is nothing that can alter that, but when God speaks His Word, He is able to perform, and He is able to deliver, He is able to raise up, and He's able to lay down, He's able to bind up, and He's able to cut open, He's able to do anything, can I tell you about a God, that said let your situation. Turn your heart toward me. Let your problems fix your eyes on me. In the previous chapter where we just read Solomon in chapter 6 verse 26 of Second Chronicles this is Solomon praying and he says when the heaven is shut up 
and there is no rain because they have sinned against thee. Yet if they pray toward this place and confess thy name and turn from their sin when thou dost afflict them, then hear thou from heaven and forgive the sin of thy servants and of thy people Israel. When thou hast taught them the good way wherein they should walk and send rain upon thy land, which thou hast given unto thy people for an inheritance. If there be dearth in the land, and if there be pestilence, if there be blasting or mildew or locusts or caterpillars, if their enemies besiege them in the cities of their land, whatsoever sore or whatsoever sickness there be, then what prayer or what supplication soever shall be made of any man or of all thy people Israel, when every one shall know his own sore and his own grief and shall spread forth his hands in this house then hear thou from heaven thy dwelling place and forgive and render unto every man according unto all his ways whose heart thou knowest for thou only knowest the hearts of the children of men what Solomon was praying was Lord I know we might find ourselves in a bad situation I know there might be times when we find ourselves in a place where we don't understand exactly what's going on but in those times Lord I wonder if you would just look toward us when we would, would, would begin to pray and when we would begin to call upon your name I wonder if you would just somehow begin to make a way in our lives I come to tell you here in the house of the Lord tonight the things that you've been battling and the things that you've been facing they're not meant to push you away from God but God is saying I'm right here with my arms spread out wide waiting for you to call on my name I have a sure place that the gates of hell cannot prevail against. Hey, that word Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I want to tell you we got a sure place where we can run when life gets hard. We got a sure place where we can go. It's called the church. It's called the house of God. He's able to keep you. He's able to satisfy you. He's able to gird you up and keep you from all hard. Hallelujah. Solomon lists off a lot of things that would affect everybody. But then he gets even more personal than that. And he says, when everyone knows their own sore and their own grief, their own sickness, whatever it might be, when everyone begins to understand I've got problems, I've got situations that I cannot fix on my own. It's in the middle of that pain. It's in the middle of that sorrow that we can begin to call upon the name of the Lord. Can I tell you when the rainfall is coming like normal and the weather is fine and, and looks and everything is just going easy. Sometimes it's easy to push God back to the back burner. But can I tell you when the thunder begins to roll and when the lightning begins to flash and the winds begin to blow it's a different story. It's then that we begin to realize 
hey, I don't have time to put God on a shelf somewhere. I don't have time to tuck God away somewhere like a spare tire. But I need him every moment of my life. I need him every time. And I tell you, God is looking for a deeper commitment than ever before. God's wanting to take this church deeper than it's ever been. But there's got to be a group of people that make up their minds. I will humble myself and I will declare. Let the storms rage. I've got a sure place and it's in the presence of God. I'm not willing to let life destroy me. I'm not willing to be taken captive by my sorrow. But I'm going to turn to a sure place. Satan means, God help me, Jesus, for all the chaos to cause division among brothers and among sisters. But if we could somehow get beyond all of that, and we can see the bigger picture. God's weaving us together. God's weaving us together. God help me, Jesus. God's entwining us together. Why? Because as individuals, we might be overcome and we might be overtaken. But when we're woven together like a basket, when we're woven together as one, and just saying, God, pour out the Holy Ghost on us. Come on, we'll be that vessel. Can I tell you, we all, each individual, has to have their own walk with God. But then we got to be woven together in love and woven together in unity and problems cause us to either make up our mind either I'm in or I'm out problems cause us to make up our mind either I'm going to turn to the world or I'm going to turn to God can I tell you how to make up your mind my situation is turning me toward God my situation is bringing me closer to God than I've ever been before I will not let the cares of life choke out what God is doing in my spirit but I will turn I will run into the presence of God Solomon said everyone is going to have their own problems and their own situations Lord I want there to be something special about this house I want there to be something special to where Brother Rouse can bring his problems before the presence of the Lord. And Brother Ferguson can bring his problems before the presence of the Lord. And Brother Ford can bring his problems and lay them before the presence of the Lord. And we're not fighting and, and, and trying to say, well, I was here first and I need God to do it for me right now. But God said, hey, in this house and in this place, each one can bring their own needs and I can meet and supply them according to my riches and glory. And I tell you, we don't have to fuss and we don't have to fight for a spot when we've all got a place in the house of God. We all got a seat in the house of God. We all got a seat around that heavenly table. And God said, I got some fish on the fire. I got some fish break bread. And I want to feed you. And I want to satisfy you. Come and dine. Come and pull up your seat around the master's table. And let me minister to you. And let me breathe on you. Your sword might be a little different than my sword, but they all have the same goal to cause us to cry unto God. 
Paul said there was a messenger from Satan sent to buffet me. Now, Satan's intentions was different than God's intentions. Satan's intentions was to use that thorn to destroy, that messenger to destroy Paul. But God said, I'm using it for a whole different reason. God said, I'm using it to keep you in a place where I can use you. And what did that thorn in Paul's flesh cause him to do? It caused him to cry out unto the Lord. It caused him to call on the name of the Lord. All the way up into the place he kept praying for that thorn in his flesh to be removed. And finally, he found his reassurance when God said, hey, Paul, I want to let you know my grace is sufficient. My grace is enough for you. For in weakness, I am made strong. And I tell you, you might be feeling feeble right now, but that's when you can be at your strongest. When you begin to lift up your voice and say, God, I know I can't do it on my own. I got this nagging feeling in my side. I got a thorn in my flesh. But God, I'm going to keep bringing it to the altar. I'm going to keep bringing it to the altar until I know what it is that you're doing in my life. Come on, you might be keeping me in a place where you can use me to minister to somebody else Lord said Paul I've used you in such a special way that if you're not careful and if I didn't have that that thorn in your flesh you would become so exalted in yourself I would no longer be able to put my hand on you I'd no longer be able to use you. Oh God, I wonder what would happen if somebody said, God, I might not like what I'm feeling. I might not like what I'm going through. But if it's going to birth an anointing in me, it's going to shake the gates of hell. Then God, I'm willing to walk the road that you placed me on. God, if it's going to cause somebody to see the error of their ways, then God, I'm going to keep walking on the road that you placed me on. My situation's not going to defeat me, but it's going to bring me to an altar where I'm going to let the devil know again and again and again I'm still leaning on Jesus I'm still trusting on the Lord I'm still holding on to his outstretched nail scarred hand because he is my stability he is the one that establishes me he's the one that knows my going out and my coming in he's the one that sees my pain he's the one that sees my triumph he's the one that sees my defeat and he's the one that sees every victory that's ever been accomplished in my life, my situations, they demand for me to call on the name of the Lord. Solomon said, my prayer is, Lord, when they see those things, feel those pains and those hurts, it would cause them to stretch out their hands in the sanctuary in the temple, in the house of the Lord. And they will begin to know, God, I need you like I've never needed you before. God, I need you. I wonder, is there anybody here in the house of the Lord tonight? Come on, you, you might be you might be acknowledging, hey, I've got some things going on in me that, that I don't necessarily like. I wonder, will somebody begin to stretch their arms out toward heaven? Will somebody begin to stretch out their arms and say, Lord, here I am, God. I'm still available for the Master's use. I might be beaten. I might be a little battered, but I'm still available for the master's use. Oh, God! 
God, I might have went some places I wish I'd have never gone. But God, I'm standing in the house tonight and I'm praying that you would use me for your glory. I might have some scars to carry. I might have some battle wounds. But God, here I am. I know there's a place for me in your house. I know there's a place for me in your presence. My situations have tried to destroy me, but they've only led me deeper into a relationship with you. God, I'm crying out for you to move in my life. Psalm 18 and 6 says, In my distress I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God. He heard my voice out of his temple, and my cry came before him even into his ears. That word distress means narrow or a tight place. Trouble, distress, the enemy, small, straight tribulation or trouble. What the psalmist David was saying, my distress, oh my tight situation. I looked all around me and I felt boxed in. I felt closed in. I felt like there was no way out. But somewhere in the middle of my trouble, I began to call on the name of the Lord and and he heard me right where I was. Can I let somebody know tonight that your situation ought to cause you to lift up your voice and say, God, I'm not looking for another Savior. I'm not looking for another Deliverer. But you're my Savior. You're my Healer. You're my Prince of Peace. You're Jehovah Jireh. You're my Provider. You're Jehovah Nisi. God, I need you to move and work in my life. I will not be satisfied with anything else when I'm turning toward you I'm leaning on the Lord said he heard me my cry came before him he entered down deep into his ears. Can I tell you we serve a God that has ears to hear. We serve a God he's not deaf but when we cry unto him the words that we cry they enter into his ears and you know what it does? It begins to move God to action. It begins to move God to compassion. When there was a little widow woman carrying her son out to be buried she was weeping and mourning and crying oh but the Lord at Jesus as he was passing by he heard her wailing and he heard her crying and the word of God said that he was moved with compassion toward her and he goes up to her son and raises him up from the dead can I let somebody know tonight your situation or the cause or cry to well up in you it begins to flow out of your mouth it says I don't matter what anybody else thinks about me it doesn't matter what anybody else says about me I'm desperate right now because the devil's trying to destroy me I'm desperate right now because the devil's trying to give me another option but there's no other options baby I got in this thing to win it I got in this thing to go all the way take up your cross take up your cross and follow me take up your cross and get in the fight take up your cross and follow Jesus situation should turn us to a sure place. To a place where we know when everything else fails, this rock will not be moved. I wonder would you throw up your hands right now all across this sanctuary. My wife would make her way to the music. 
Oh, God, right here in this house tonight. I want you to reveal to somebody that their hope is found in you. That their hope is found in this short place. This place, come on, that you said the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. This place that is a strong tower, the righteous run into it and is safe. Oh God, this is my short place. This is my haven of rest. This is my desired haven. Matthew chapter 7, verse number 24. It says, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, will I liken him unto a wise man. I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock, and the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came. And the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell. And great was the fall of it. Can I tell you that God knows the very depths of our hearts. He sees all the hidden places. And Jesus said, I want to tell you about two different types of people. There's some that hear my words and do them. Some that hear them and don't do them. The ones that hear my words are like a wise man that built his house upon a rock. Those that act upon what they've heard, they have a place, a sure place, because the winds are going to come. The floods are going to rise. The house is going to be tested. The foundation is going to be tried. God help me, Jesus. And Jesus said there's another type of person. Called them foolish. So they hear it, but they don't act on it. And they're like that foolish man that built his house on the sand. And the wind came, the same wind that came came to both houses and came to the one that was built on the sand and the floods rose and those those sands began to shift and the house fell and great was the fall of it. Can I tell you it matters where you build your life. It matters what foundation you choose to build upon. It matters. I said it matters. Oh, if I was you, I would dig down deep until I found that rock. I would say, I don't need the sands of this life. I don't want to be shifting and just swaying with everything that comes along. But I'm going to build my house on something sure. I'm going to build my house on something solid. I'm going to build my life on something solid. Because the winds are going to come and the floods are going to come. Oh, but my situations and my problems are going to help me to make sure that I'm built on a sure place. Come on. There's times when things come against us and it rocks our world and it puts us in a place. It could be that God is trying to let us know you need to get off of the sand and get on the rock. 
You need to make sure that you got me at the center of your life. You need to make sure that I'm number one in your life. You need to make sure that you're not building on something that's false and building on something that's not going to last. But get upon the rock. Those winds, those waves, let me know. I might be battered sometimes, but I'm still standing on the rock. I'm in a sure place. I'm in a sure place. I wonder, would you lift your voice for me right now all across the house of the Lord? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to ask somebody tonight, what are you building on? What are you built on? Have you allowed the situations of your life to keep you down in the shifting sands of life? Or is there something in you that's saying, my situations are driving me to the rock? My situations are driving me to that place where I know I can build a future and I can build a home and I can build a life not only for myself but for my children and for their children. Oh God, I wonder what would happen if we would begin to think that way. What you do doesn't just affect you and what I do doesn't just affect me. But if you choose the sand to build your life on, the chances are your children are going to choose the same foundation that you chose. Oh God, help us to get on that foundation and say baby you see what I built here it's not because of me but it's because I'm on the rock you know that trial that we just went through as a family you know why we're still together because we're built on the rock you know why hell couldn't divide us because we're built on the rock hallelujah God I don't want to just get in a spiritual rut and just come to the house of God and think that I'm alright and think that everything's okay but God I want to make sure I'm on the rock I want to make sure when troubles come, I'm not running to to just wherever I can to try to get help. But I want to make sure the first thing I say is, Jesus, help me. I want to make sure when the winds blow and when the rains are falling, hey, I can look at my children and tell them I know it's rough right now, but we're going to come through this thing because mom and daddy's put it on a rock. we searched the scriptures. We've rightly divided the word. We're built on the rock, that rock that followed them in the wilderness, that rock that gave water, that rock that brought revival. That's what we're built on. The world will leave you empty, but the rock will leave you satisfied. And the wind and the problems and the heat of life will cause you to come back to that rock and say, I need another drink. I need another drink. I won't leave this rock. 
I won't leave this rock but I'm going to build my everything on this rock because I'm going to be rooted and grounded in truth I'm going to be rooted and grounded I'm going to be rooted and grounded Hebrews 10 and 24 says and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is but exhorting one another, building one another up, encouraging one another. And so much the more as we see the day approaching. In the church, we find the strength that it takes to carry on. Provoking one another. Not unto anger, but provoking, pushing one another unto love and unto good works. Letting each other know, hey, there's a God that loves you and he's got a work for you to do. He's got something for you to do in the house of the Lord. It might not be singing. It might not be teaching. Hey, it might be cleaning. Hey, it might be finding a corner to pray somewhere. It might be falling on your face even at your own home and praying for revival and praying for pastor and praying for Sister Moore and praying for the leader ship of the church and saying God we gotta have revival we gotta have a move of the Holy Ghost why? because the more the time goes by we know that we serve a soon coming king and one of these days he's coming back and I feel like it won't be very long will I be ready? will you be ready? will you be on the rock? church isn't just a meeting place But it's a place to grow. It's a place to learn. It's a place to to be encouraged. And a place to encourage. It's a place to let your brother know I'm in this thing with you. It's a place to let your sister know I'm in this thing with you. It's a place to let the adversary know I found a sure place. I found a place when the world's going crazy around me. Somebody lead me to that rock that is higher than I. Lead me to that place where I can find rest. And I can find shelter in the arms of Jesus. Lift our voice one more time. Would you throw your hands up all across this place? We serve a God that's soon coming. We can't allow situations to separate us from God at this point. Paul said, I am persuaded that nothing shall separate us from the love of God. Paul was persuaded. Are you persuaded? Family affairs ain't going to separate me from God. Trials aren't going to separate me from God. All those that are waiting for Him, they're going to rejoice when He splits those eastern skies. They're going to rejoice because they know I've been waiting for Him. I'm ready for Him. My situations drove me to the house of God. My situations drove me to a place where I repented and said, God, if there's anything in me, I want you to get it out. I want you to take it out of me. I want to be holy before you. I want to be righteous before you. I want to be in that place, God, where you can touch me and minister to me. heard Brother Moore make mention of it last night and I couldn't get it off of my mind but Jonah 
decided he was going to do his own thing, go his own way. And he found himself trying to tread waters that were too deep for him, too much for him to swim. He found himself swallowed up by a great fish in the belly of a whale. He finds himself. And in Jonah chapter 2, Verse 1 says, Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly and said, I cried by reason of my affliction unto the Lord and he heard me. Listen to this now. Out of the belly of hell cried I and thou heardest my voice. <laughs> For thou hadst cast me into the deep in the midst of the seas. And the floods come past me about all thy billows and thy waves passed over me. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight. Yet I will look again toward thy holy temple. Jonah said, I know I find myself in a bad place. Oh, but it's because of my affliction. It's because of my situation that I'm going to pray again. It's because of where I find myself that even in the belly of hell, I'm going to lift my voice and cry out to God. I want to ask somebody tonight, you feel like you're going through hell. You feel like you're in the belly of hell. You feel like you can't get any worse than what I'm feeling right now than what I'm experiencing right now. Could it be that your affliction is causing you to lift up your voice and say, God, I need you right now. I can't say any, I can't see anything but the hell that I'm enclosed in. I can't see anything but the chaos and the bone bars that have me boxed in. But God, I know I can lift my voice and you will hear me. Out of the belly of hell, I cried. And the Lord heard. I want to encourage somebody tonight here in the house of the Lord. If you're here tonight and you, and you don't have the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I wouldn't just treat this as another church service. Now, I love each and every one of you. You know that. But, but if I didn't have the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I wouldn't treat it just like another altar call and say well we'll be back again Sunday and then we'll be back again and we're going to do it all over again there'll be another chance and another opportunity could it be that God has brought you to this point to this moment right now and saying hey can, I get, can it get any worse can it get any more crazy before you realize that I am the one that you need to lift up your voice to and cry out to me can it get any more disastrous for you to learn to lift up your voice and call on my holy name and I will hear you. I want to let somebody know tonight we got to do like Solomon said. We got to humble ourselves. We got to seek the face of God. Turn from our wickedness and let God heal us. Let God heal our land. These altars are open right now. And I don't, I don't want this to be another altar, just another no, normal deal where just everybody come. But I want somebody to come tonight with a made-up mind. Saying, yeah, I may have prayed before, but tonight I want the Holy Ghost more than I want anything else. Tonight, 
Tonight I want the Holy Ghost more than I want anything else. Hmm. God help me, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, there's those here tonight. You've already been filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But what you need to do tonight is you need to let your afflictions, you need to let your pains, you need to let your heartaches cause you to begin to call upon the name of the Lord. You need to let your sorrow begin to birth something in you that says, I can't make it without my Jesus. I can't make it without my Savior. As for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to do everything within my power. Oh, to break through all these, uh, these attacks in my mind, to break through those things and say, hey, it's better just to go the way of the world but I'm not going to do that I'm going to let my afflictions I'm going to let my sorrows drive me into a safe place into a sure place into a place where I'm fastened in the house of God David said I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever I know I'm going to walk a lot of different roads I know I'm going to be walking through the valley of the shadow of death. But God, I know I'm going to be sitting in, the, in a table at a table prepared for me in the presence of mine enemies. Oh, but God, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What God is looking for tonight is a made up mind. It says in the middle of famine, I'm going to praise the Lord. In the middle of a drought, I'm going to praise the Lord. In the middle of my sores, I'm going to praise the Lord. In the middle of my grief, hey, somebody take me to the house of God. I said, I heard you, Solomon. I heard everything you prayed. I'm going to make that. I, I like that. I'm going to make that my house. I'm, I'm going to make that my dwelling place. <laughs> oh, and if my eyes are going to be on there. And it doesn't matter if you're in a battle and you look toward this house and call on my name, I'm going to hear you. It doesn't matter if there's no rain. You look toward this house and call on me, I'm going to send the rain. It doesn't matter if there's locusts or caterpillars. Hey, it doesn't matter if it feels like all the increase is gone. Look toward me and I'll bring revival and I'll bring restoration.
in my distress, I cried unto the Lord. In my heartache, I cried unto the Lord. In my confusion, I cried unto the Lord.
I want to get lost in your presence. Let it fall on me. What it feels like. The glory of the Lord to fall on me. I want to know what it feels like. When heaven touches earth and I'm lost in between.
Come on, you want to push through. You want to push through the veil of your flesh. You want to push through the veil of your own understanding. Come on, I'm going deeper than I've ever been before. Oh, I'm not going to run from God, but I'm running to God. I'm not going to run from God, but I'm going to draw nigh unto Him. And He's going to draw nigh unto me.
come on, lift your voice, lift your voice. Oh, I need you or I'm going to drown, God. I need you or I'm going to be overwhelmed. God, lead me up. Pull me up. God, have your way in my spirit right now. Oh, hold on. to Jesus.
you know what I feel tonight? We're going to find God together. I'm going to have my mind made up tonight. I'm going to be woven in, not out. Whatever it takes, I'm coming in. More determined, greater passion. We end this to the end of the journey. Doing everything we can to and everybody else into it, not out of it. Binding together, leaving together, worshiping together, praying for one another. Amen. Not just us, for this community, for the loved ones of this community, even our enemies. God's hand. I'll tell you something, Brother Rouse is really, now he's been good the whole time. But I'll tell you something, these last two nights, Brother Rouse has walked in the Holy Ghost and preached the Word of God in this house. Now, he's had it. I want him to come back one more week at least. Gonna have Sunday now, it's Mother's Day. We'll have one service. Give all the mothers, families opportunity Sunday evening to visit, do what you gotta do. Amen. That even be a blessing, hope to the evangelist. And uh, praise God. Back with us Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. Hallelujah. Because I'm gonna tell you something, he's preaching now. He's preaching. Stirring. God's working. God's working. Both of these messages, I'm telling you, I can name some names that's not here, but they're going to be held accountable. God was here, the Word was here, the messenger was here, and it's up to them to come. They've got to be responsible enough to come. Praise God. I'm glad to have a place to come. How about you? Amen, amen. Glad I've got a place that we can come and be encouraged, uplifted, and to know that we're not by ourselves, that we're not fighting this thing along. I got brothers and sisters that loves me and praying for me. Oh, I know if you listen to the devil and you listen to your flesh, you don't believe that. But you can't listen to them. We all know that God loves us. And you and I really can't have the Holy Ghost unless we love. It's what John wrote unto us. I want to love tonight about you. God bless you tonight. Appreciate you. So let's don't forget, Sunday we'll have one service, 10 o'clock service. And then we'll let you have Sunday evening off. Then we'll be back Monday and Tuesday night. Let's really spend some time in prayer. Let's really join together, even if we're not as a service physically. We can in prayer. We can in passion. We can in spirit. From, from now to Sunday and in, in praying and calling on God in such a way like we never have push some things aside find a prayer closet let's talk to God you know what I believe God's going to show up we're going to find God I believe he can baptize this place with the Holy Ghost and people can receive the Holy Ghost as they're standing and sitting or whatever.
in those chairs and the power of God falls on this house. I believe that. I believe we can have such a visitation. It could change us forever. Let's pursue it. Let's get a hold of it. I want it. I want, I want that visitation. I want that touch. Amen. I want him to rule in all the chambers of my heart and life and soul. To be who and what he desires us to be. Amen. As a church and as individuals. That's what we're here for. And we appreciate the evangelist and his wife tonight. Children. Praise God. So we love you and appreciate you. Continue to pray for one another. And we'll see you Sunday morning, if not before. Amen. 9.30 prayer time, 10 o'clock service time. God bless you.